0: Hey, I'm Amar Chohan.
1: And I'm Charlotte Williams. Thanks for tuning in to Love, Hate, Create.
0: We speak to the smartest people from across the advertising industry to find out what they love about it, what they hate, and what change they want to create. Hello. So our guest today is Alex Bennett-Grant. And Alex is the CEO of We Are Pi. They are a creative innovation consultancy based out of Amsterdam. Uh, Alex himself is actually a Brit. He's not. He's not Dutch. The agency has done international work for the likes of Heineken, Lego, Nike, Channel Four, just to name a few. Alex is a leading voice for creative diversity, and he's led or has been part of a number of initiatives to drive and champion industry inclusivity. Um, the agency are really kind of one of the most exciting indie agencies out there, in my opinion. They've been named small agency of the year, three years in a row. And Alex himself is, um, an ad age 40 and 40 honoree. So we're in esteemed company, Alex, we're, we're really excited to have you on Love, Hate, Create. So, uh, let's get stuck in. Great. Thank you.
1: Hello, Alex. So, um, yeah, um, Amar's just, uh, listed, um, a whole load of your industry achievements and accolades and you're barely 40 um and have achieved a lot do you ever sleep <laughs> first question
2: as we were just discussing not not as much as i'd like to have done in the last few days but um that's uh partly because i chose to grow a family um not not solely because of the business um yeah i do i do sleep um but it's just, there's two parts of the question um I've I've always sort of had the opinion, the opinion, the attitude that the business should be servicing us, not only the other way around, or at least should this be a, um, a two-way two way contribution. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we've been doing this for 12 years. So, you know, if we haven't figured out the equilibrium by now, then probably wouldn't be a good idea to continue. I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't make it to 50, 50 over 15. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there are, anxieties that come with running a business but that's just part of the part of the reality
1: par for the course so tell us then just just to open up what would you say your proudest moment in your career has been um date, and also you know what's the darkest moment would you say
2: oh great great questions um i'd say that uh proudest moment. um there's so many great sort of creative work moments um uh, i had too many to really name um some of them sort of famous and reputable some of them less famous but you know personally big breakthroughs um however i think that proudest moment overall for me was probably um in 2020 like when i sort of found my voice for uh, diversity and representation in industry it's not like a, it's not it's not so much don't feels feel necessarily like pride but just feeling whole right is probably a better way to say it and 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 that's probably even more valuable than a little burst of pride um because you know i've been in the industry for, for several years now and um i've always felt like part always like only part of me was able to sort of be um accepted or represented or at least that's how i felt Uh, And then I suddenly felt more sort of able to express my full self as a black guy in in the industry. So that was really nice. And then um, the darkest times, I mean, when you run a business, there's so many...
1: (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs)
2: Um, um, Yeah, I mean, it's just the reality of sort of coming to terms with um, the human aspect and the the business aspect. And they often clash um, and i've always found that difficult um and uh, you have to sort of shut off a certain amount of your sort of uh empathy um mm. you know of course you can talk about uh, uh, um you can talk a lot about like modern business leadership and all the sort of different sort of um meme traits that you need to have but the reality is that just as a human being you sometimes just have to shut off a bit of your empathy and your human side in order to be a good business person um and, uh, and vice versa. So I think the darkest times have been when I haven't been able to figure out how to do that and I've just been stuck in a sort of like guilt or fear or, or you know feeling sort of trapped by, um, by running a business when in fact you know if I'm feeling trapped then imagine how the rest of my colleagues will feel because if the leadership doesn't know what they're doing then of course you know, it spreads. So, I think those are the those are the hardest times, um, and overcoming yeah. those are, are brilliant. What did you do then? Well, how did you overcome those sticky moments? Um, you know, basic things like go for long walks, talk to your mum. Uh, um, we we uh, we published a book um, written by one of our creative directors, Taylor, um, a few months ago, called "Just Say It," and it's a copywriting. Uh, advice that she collected from speaking to various CDs and, and great writers around the industry um, and so the book she'd been sort of curating and writing it for several months uh, and obviously I was aware of it um, but I wasn't like deeply involved um, but it was sort of just say it was written on like whiteboards or like there'd be like a printout somewhere that had it written on it or someone would say in a status meeting about how the project was progressing Um and, and and then I suddenly found myself using that language, just mm-hmm. say it, without sort of even realizing I picked it up from the title of the book, and I sort of did, sort of stole it. I'd sort of like started do it. and and that's a good a good um, tool. Just, just
1: say it. Just be honest.
2: You know, because half the half the stuff that's holding us, at least me back, I I do like to talk, but there's a difference between talking and and actually, you know, saying it. Um, and oftentimes
0: when I just say it, it, it helps result. It's a great bit of advice. Um, I think talking to your mum's also a great bit of advice. I'm, uh, well, she's probably the one that would say the equivalent thing. In, in yeah, one. I think I might need to give my mum a kind of foundation course in the world of advertising because <laughs> she still asks me what I do. Um, but if I do oh, the foundation course, done. then I can start to ask her yeah. and get some solid advice back. Yeah, yeah. My mum may or may not fully understand
2: what I do. I mean, I think she sort of broadly does. She's quite creative. But um, she, I don't think she really needs to. I think she's just more about like how to be a good human being. And get, oh, absolutely, like,
0: that will get us quite far, I think. So, you know the format of our show. It's uh, all about what we love and what we hate and what change we'd create. Why don't you kick us off? Tell us tell us what you love about this world that we work in. Oh, so much. Um, so
2: I suppose uh i i got into this industry and just sort of like i didn't really know anything about advertising um i did a media um mm. minor in my cl- university uh but media for me was sort of tv film um mm. music uh photography stuff like that uh the actual medium um and i just walk around soho um while working bar jobs just walking into sort of places that look like media companies like a one would turn out to be a sound studio. I didn't really know anything about sound. One would turn out to be a, a sort of like a, some, some, some consultancy and something or other that I didn't really understand. Eventually, I ended up in a post-production house called Molinaire, Um And it would, I would just run around being a runner. Uh, but, you know, the editors would be editing TV shows and there would be like celebrities coming in to do like a, a show hosting, video recordings and stuff like that. It was kind of cool. Um, and then... But I couldn't make any money. I couldn't make any money doing that because it was just like, you know, I was, I was, I was living with my family, my mum's family, um, to support myself. Uh, and then I was put onto advertising. Um, and uh, e- ironically, even though I'd been working in the world of media and entertainment in a very sort of low-level, entry-level uh, role, um, somehow ideas weren't sort of, at least I didn't have access to them. They obviously exist because they are, the ideas in entertainment surely should be bigger ideas than the ones that we create in advertising. Um, but but they didn't feel like a world of idea sharing, idea exchange, idea um, problem solving for ideas. It felt more like the world of like, well, there's a host and there's a show and there's a format and there's sort of like this person is talented and therefore people like to watch it. So I just fell in love with what looked like the industry based on ideas. <laughs> um, and the fact that the idea is the thing that solves all the things and whether whether the thing be like the client brief or whether the thing be simply be like a bunch of people in an agency sitting around trying to figure out what the hell to do uh, for a very long time under pressure from the client, having not solved it. And then someone walking in and going like, I've got a great idea. And it's just like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like someone's just gone and scribbled something and now suddenly everybody's moving and sitting up in their chairs and... You know and so i always loved that um because it felt very movement there's a lot of movement and um and sort of the ability to sort of turn dogma and sort of status quo and sort of like um, you know sort of what felt like um inertia um into into sort of freshness and excitement and energy and and like solutions you know and it's just and that just always happens right like it happened solutions to working mechanics in london and um Yeah, if I think about some of the crazy creative director behaviors at the time, that would sort of be the uh, indicator they've got an idea. (laughs) It's just people like leaping up off the floor and saying, I fucking got it, you know, like just crazy, sort of absurd things that people would do, which probably, you know, sort of part of bad behaviors back then, but like still quite funny. Um, All the way through to today running a business and sort of like not being involved in projects, but sort of like having a sort of. A, a sort of building pressure in my head to think like, have the team on that account, have they cracked it? Have they cracked it enough? Have they cracked it to the point where they're going to like, it's going to be creative or they cracked cracked to the point where the client's like, holy shit, like you've just changed everything. You know? And and so I just love that.
1: And you still love it as much 20 years later, that whole, you know, I've got that big idea.
2: Yeah, know. yeah, I do. I, I do because, and I also, I learned to appreciate it at, in different ways at different times in my career um um quite frankly every time I was jaded um and it keeps happening right like I I don't love advertising like I don't really I would just find it impossible to say I love advertising like it's 99.9% crap Mm. uh serving a crap purpose for crap brands selling crap products so you know let's just be honest that's just the world um and I'm sure you know 99% of law is absolute nonsense and You know, 99% of buildings these days are built are probably built with crap and with crap design and stuff like that. But, you know, there's great architecture and there's great, you know, um, um, legal um, efforts and laws and there's great uh, creative advertising. Um, But an example. So when we started Pi, uh, we thought, oh, you know, we wanted it to be uh, culturally led. business uh, we wanted to have a maybe a bit more balanced split between commercial clients and um, and sort of cultural and, and um, societal uh, initiatives and we sort of went down the rabbit hole of, of NGO work um, which was very satisfying we did some really cool projects um, and met some great people and felt very fulfilled um, but then at some point we started working with some of the bigger NGOs and realized holy God, crap like these these organizations are awful um, and they're they're just as corporate and um and sort of bureaucratic if not worse than many of the clients i work with because they haven't got a sort of that momentum you know which of course is sad but a reality so and and they don't have that sort of freshness of ideas you know it's all very sort of like dogmatic and sort of like you know uh, organizationally led um and so it's hard to turn on freshness in in some organizations like that so it reminded me of the value of our industry and the value of working in it you know the joy of working in it that you get to work on fresh things so just you know, so as much as I do want to do sort of societally important work, it's how you get to it and and the importance of both that was a good refresher. I had the similar thing, you know, like every time I've tried to kick off any other creative projects outside of work, you know, out of sort of enthusiasm or um, or sort of like curiosity, and in the end, I realized that the skills from ideation and strategy and creative are the best skills to use there as opposed to thinking there's something else out there that I should be running towards. And I always think there's something else out there to run towards. And I always find out that actually the creative process is similar-ish and uh, in different fields. And and that's a good positive reminder of what we do being interested
0: To your um, original point, we had Rick Brim, the CCO of Adam and Eve DDB on on the show. And he also said, well, similar to you, that his love for the industry was that feeling of an idea, like the rush that you get, the dopamine hit. When you land on an idea that you know is the winner, uh, quite similarly, I was listening to a podcast with Rick Rubin, uh, all about unlocking your creativity mm. with Andrew Huberman, and he says it's a physiological like feeling that you get through your body. It's similar to what you're saying and what Rick was saying. Like it is that part of your brain that just starts to fire, whether you leap up or you you get that tingle of when you hit the idea that you you know is going to be the one. So, really, um, really yeah. amazing million dollar question how do you kind of make sure you keep on landing on those feelings and those those winning ideas consistently what what are your ingredients for success um well i
2: i, I like this question because um i think it goes to the heart of um the industry not just the practice of of, of creativity and ideas and so um and it sort of brings two things together that I care about. One of them is the ideas and the sort of freshness of, of creative problem solving. And the other one is diversity. So um, the one of the things that happened when I started being more actively pursuing ways to, to sort of be a voice of or a sort of supporter of diversity industry was talking to young people, obviously, you know, um, about you know what the industry is and and, and you really you know you start trying to sell the thing that we do, uh, which is weird because um you know you sort of maybe um, naively assume that people want to work in our industry, um, and it turns out you know they they do but like not as much as maybe I would have think they they do or maybe yeah. they used to do, so so that's so you know so that's that's an that's an irritating reality of like oh god like you don't really know what it is and you don't really care. Um, and when I did start to originally explain what we do, um, I realised, apart from sort of hyperbole um, being, quite, you know, sort of ever present, um, that uh, there's a lot of our creative strategy, especially the creative, the relationship with creative strategy process, which is a bit mysterious. Um, and I've always quite liked that uh, that curious that sort of like, because it sort of feels like it's part of the broader world of creativity where. A lot of creative people struggle to articulate how they come to good ideas, and it sort of feels quite sort of
1: mythical, isn't it? Yeah. Magical. Yeah.
2: And mythical, and that's kind of cool. And like, that's magic, and like that, feel, like, Amar, that feeling you described that can become quite physical in, in the Rick Rubin example. Like, yeah, that's cool, right? Like, you know, like energy's down, and then suddenly energy's up. Whoa, you know, here we go. These young people were like, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> how do I even <laughs> learn that? Like, what's, what yeah, are you talking really about? about? Talking <laughs> They're sort of dead behind the eyes. They're like, look at me like... And I realized something that was so profound to me that became about diversity, which is I might like that because I figured it out. I've And I figured out either that I don't have to figure it out, but I trust the process, or I figured out that, you know, I've come to the other side of the process and I sort of can trust that it will get to there. Um, But... But if you're young and you're trying to get into the industry, that's not helpful at all, especially if you're not from the same background as the people who have figured it out. Right. You know, because if you're a white man and all of your people sitting around with your white men and you are created, which is the majority of the creative industries, um, and you all have the same cultural references, they have to come from, even from the same country, but you sort of like same generation, same cultural references, same sort of like, you know, males of like humor to a, to a certain extent. Um, and same sort of mental shortcuts, then, you know, you're going to figure it out quite quickly. Um, But if you're not from those places, in that context, you're just like, I don't know what all your shortcuts are. I don't know your cultural references. I don't know any of this stuff. Therefore, all of this is nonsense. And so I sort of fell out of love with chaos being the beautiful nucleus of our industry and myth and uh, mystique being the sort of most powerful forces of creative. I sort of fell out of love with that a little bit and started to refine, rebuild around like method um, and, and sort of uh, steps, um, which was not an easy process. I'm not gonna say that I just came to that like an um, epiphany. It was more like, oh my goodness, we're gonna have to change the way we do things. And so we've had to apply that pie. You know, we're a creative agency at our core. Uh, we do a lot of uh, innovation consultancy work, which has more of a methodical um, approach. And we sort of brought that through into the creative process so that we can teach young people how to get from A to Z successfully instead of just saying run at it as fast as you can and see if it breaks
1: It's so interesting isn't it because actually having not worked in advertising you're so right like that whole process of mythical coming up with ideas and the sort of mystery and magic of that could be quite alienating to someone coming in like it's like hold on a minute what's the process what's the what's the steps yeah
2: yeah 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 absolutely so you know like and, and i don't say this sort of like light-heartedly like you know i still love the magical feeling of, of 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 sort of like somebody saying something and then once it goes into the air of a room it sort of takes a new form i still love that sort of like collective energy uh and i still do believe that there are big leaps that can be made in your head that's sort of hard to explain when you connect the dots I really just feel like, you know, trying to map that out as much as possible in simple ways is 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 the key to allowing more people into industry who can then contribute far much more than you realise in terms of freshness and provocation.
1: Interesting. Simplicity of ideas. So which takes us on, let's mo- let's go on a bit of a downer now, on a downward spiral, Alex. Um what do you hate about our industry or strongly dislike?
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, nostalgic dogma, you know, um, it's like, um, I don't know, I think that's where we have to allow, to a certain extent, uh, our industry to sort of slightly depart from things like architecture as another sort of equivalent type of creative industry, um, or music maybe, um, you know, uh, which have, you know, nostalgic power you know like the architectural designs of the 20th and 19th and 18th and 17th 16th century are still important uh structures cultural reference points and they will be for many years you know going back to the pyramids and beyond right so like there's definitely nostalgia that has value in architecture in music inevitably like we wouldn't have the biggest shoulder in music hip-hop if we didn't have nostalgia for older music um I feel like applying the same principles when it comes to the work in advertising can be problematic. Right. <laughs> because you know, we are living in a in a in a sort of commercial communication era and so if 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 our reference points are still nostalgic and our and the nostalgia sits with the the um pr- yeah, like the the sort of patriarchal the historical owners of our industry then you know, I loved drumming gorilla when I was, you know, twenty two. Yeah. Thought it was brilliant. You know, didn't really understand what's going on, but you know, that's part of the point. Um, but like, I can't believe it's still a reference point. <laughs> I mean you know, kids are on TikTok and we're looking at this. Um and of course it's because of bravery and client agency relationships, getting to something fresh, I get all of that stuff. So that part's relevant, but the sort of like holding on to that too much is I think can be problematic. Um and um yeah sort of i think that's the biggest thing just just sort of like not not moving on not changing um assuming that uh the new thing in a new format is a lesser than than the old thing in
0: the old format because it's not the format we recognize you know tiktok is lesser than tv yeah you talk about um, gorilla as a reference point what's something else then specifically that you think we just need to let go of that's still hanging about and probably needs to be put to bed <laughs> the thing i want to say is
2: say it go on
1: say it
2: um no i think that that i just want us to move on um and allow more interesting diverse people into the industry mm. and um i say that tentatively not because it's a tentative feeling just because it sort of assumes that things are just sort of like blocks and you can move one block in and move one block out. <laughs> when in reality, it's are talking about people and lives and livelihoods and, and hard, hard-won careers and all that stuff. But um, I just, I, I sort of, I got so much energy from 2020, even though it was born out of a sort of horrific um, murder, got so much energy from sort of being able to action off the back of Black Lives Matter. And if I'm honest, I... Uh, I'm very optimistic about the consequences of that in industry and beyond like I'm people keep asking me like oh you know do you feel like it's become sort of I, I feel pretty confident like you know when it comes to recruitment you know despite whatever laws exist in whatever country around sort of you know being sort of positive discrimination which of course are is a thing I'm pretty sort of optimistic that people are really like you know holding each other accountable and And sort of expecting things to change, and who comes in, and how we find different talent from different places. So, um, but I just wish it could happen faster. And I include my own business in that. Like I wish it was just easier to sort of like uh, to to sort of evolve. Um, But the reality is, you know,
1: I remember actually, Alex, when you you know around that time, and and we were in touch about one of your initiatives before you shoot. And I remember you did a fantastic. Um, video for for us and I remember you Mm. talking about the responsibility of, of everyone like personal responsibility no matter whether you're you know a 21 year old ad exec and I know it's probably harder to have a voice then or a CEO you know everyone needs to almost take on that personal responsibility and it really struck a chord I think with me and a, and a lot of the industry and a lot of my colleagues, like, oh, we we actually all mm. have a right, and and actually we're all individually accountable. It was quite a an interesting yeah.
2: point. I think it's good. I think it's good. You know, like, um, just like I grew up in the nineties, I suppose, and um, I was at, I was sort of like in my sort of turned into a teenager in the nineties, let's say, um, and there was no politics then in the UK, at least. It's sort of like there was no politics, really. Right. It existed, but it was sort of like a bit like not important, not interesting. And now there is loads of politics, whether you like it or not, um, uh, especially in like the US and UK. Um, and um, and advertising was probably less had less politics in the in those periods because you know less people at the table to shake things up. And now there is tons of it, which is a bit like oh god, you know, wokeism and stuff like that becomes sort of a big topic. And I just think like one of our big sort of mantras at Pi is. This idea that we're living through the greatest period of cultural change since the '60s, <clears throat> and um, and we um, isn't that cool? Because in the '60s, um, the people that are coming age in the '60s were born in the the, the '30s, '40s, and '50 you know '50s, yeah. right? So if you think about the '30s, '40s, and '50s, you don't think about dynamism or cultural change or you know sort of like uh, revolution. Um, you sort of think about like sort of pre mid century Western world, especially the <laughs> UK. You sort of think about like you know like the uh, pre radio era or radio era, um, and and then something the sixties comes along. And if you're living through it, I imagine for most people it wasn't pleasant because it was like cultural revolution, new people entering the UK or Europe or US and but Western world um, that were less you know recognisable, lots of confrontation. Uh, you know, sex revolution, drug revolution, like, you know, if you're in it, you have to be pretty cool to love it. And I think that's the same thing now. Like, it's all happening, right? It's all changing. It's painful. It's horrible. You know, is AI going to eat my lunch? You know, diversity is going to take the throne off the, you know, the patriarchy. Um, you know, the the the, the sort of pandemic's killed all our intimacy. Like, everything is fucked. <laughs> but But that's because we're in it in the storm whereas if we look if we imagine this is going to be a branded decade in 20 years to come and there'll be i don't know what these decades are the 20s let's call it the 20s because it's the only decade in this new millennia that i can actually the roaring 20s um yeah roaring i'm holding on fire I'm roaring fire then roaring fire roaring yeah roaring uh rainforest. <laughs> then, hopefully we'll all be going, yeah, yeah, we in amongst it. Like, totally, like, you know, every type of revolution that you could bring, we lived it, we were on it. We, you know, we were the, we were the hippies that became the next generation of, you know, mavericks. Um, and I just encourage everyone to think like that. We publish around and that idea through New Society Rules, our, our biennial, um research report, just to sort of help clients and the rest of people that are interested to
0: understand cultural change and do something about it. I think the media has a yeah. massive role to play and and, and by media I mean massive the internet and news publishers because there probably was just as much politics about in the 90s and in the 60s yes it was probably not very comfortable for the people that weren't part of the revolution and were kind of observing it but the speed at which they would reach outrage was so much slower because there wasn't notifications and clickbait Mm. in their face day in day out second in second out saying look at this which the result of is then polarization right which is what we're experiencing now yeah totally totally but i just
2: sort of think like we have got to go with it you know it's not going to stop no one's going to stop inventing people are accidentally inventing technologies and then trying to figure out what to do with them and then ending up sort of using them in dumb ways and then you know sort of the world's but you know you know all of the things we've already used were that at some point um, you know whether it be radio or telly or you know sticking a video in someone's home is pretty radical mm-hmm. and you know broadcasting a message over a, a radio wave is pretty mental you know, especially before that, like nfts being
0: the initial use for web 3 right
2: um yeah it's just like all these sort of um these things and i think that's all part of it and that drive you know obviously technology is a big driver change but one of the one of the ideas that i sort of like um and i've talked about a little bit in the last. Um, um, year or so is, I think it's healthy, healthier to widen the aperture of, um, of like technology in our modern, you know, how technology affects us and what technology is, um, because we've become so addicted and so sort of like blinded by the idea that the only version of technology that's really is, is digital technology digital technology when we when we talk about it we're not really talking about washing machines anymore and we're not talking about like clever designs of architecture. we're talking about Mm. digital technology and tech in that form um and i think that sort of nullifies the role of cultural technologies um which you know have been around for millennia and and have as much of a role if not in some cases more of a role of of changing the way we work and live as digital technologies examples again examples being who is at the table and what new perspectives can drive fresh thinking in a room you know if an agency or a, a project is a process of creating value um you know in goes people outcomes solutions then like the inputs you put into that process can radically affect the outputs and improve and innovate things and so i i, I try to sort of like guys yes yeah, sort of, digital technology is a back is a new foundation of of our world but you know just don't be so sort of yeah sort of obsessed with that you know it does have its limits as well you know we got the iphone it's not like we've taken like gigantically from after that until we got to like chat gpt and now we're all a bit oh this feels another this is another big leap so i just think that there's it's important to think about those things and not just sort of yeah
0: so new ways of thinking as opposed to just new ways of digitizing what we've already been doing yes yeah, yeah which
1: is your point you know about what you dislike what you hate is around dogma it's almost like yeah people
2: yeah that includes yeah. that though that includes that it includes the, the the dogma of okay well we never live at a technology era the technology is digital technology the technology companies exist largely in the west coast of america and they've destroyed our planet and our world and our societies and that's just the start, that's it that's <laughs> it yeah. and that's that for me because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just you know everything keeps moving even even those big scary
1: uh, There's nuance, isn't it? It's not all, it's like you say, it's a, and, and are there any technologies just on this point that you are excited about where you see a real possibility? Because you talked about cultural technology.
2: All all, all of them, all of them. Um, if we were talking about uh, digital technology, I mean, I, I was hanging out with a friend, a, a creator director last week having dinner. He convinced me to break my mm. dry January uh on this
1: <laughs> <them>. well done <laughs>
2: <laughs> or you know it sounds really cynical but he, he was actually you know for a good reason we're having a nice evening and um i was being a bit sort of i was sort of being purposefully provocative because he was being such a sort of fanboy of of of, of ai and, and and um um, um and Mid Journey and uh, Chat GPT uh, to the point where I was just like I had to challenge her back because she was just being too enthusiastic, um, and and then halfway through the conversation, I realised like I, what am I doing? I don't. I'm actually not an enemy of this thing. I think it's amazing. Like I love all these new things. Uh, you know how you use them is a different thing, but it's interesting, isn't it? So I sort of like, corrected myself so I didn't become the sort of the grudge. Um, and then he started showing me some of the stuff that him and his mates are doing on mid-journey, and I've seen, you know, obviously it's flooded the bloody internet, it's become a bit annoying in a way, but I was like, holy shit. And he started showing me stuff where it's like really good visual artists having to relearn not how to draw better, but how to prompt better. Um, So the art of writing as a designer becomes a new skill, which is mad if you think about it, like the designer has to become a better writer so that he can become a better designer or she can become a better designer, mm. they can become a better designer. That's pretty mad, right? Just as a process sort of innovation, irregardless of what it is. Like, it's it's AI, it's visualizing, but just simply that sort of method is like, whoa, okay. Um, and then, okay, so I'm going to get these images. And these images were like um, sort of, I could call them like um, uh, um black, futuristic, black um, sort of... Um, Afro punk sort of you know sort of futuristic style stuff kind of cool stuff photorealistic. Okay, cool Looks amazing. Can't believe that's made of AI. Pretty fascinating. Then he's like, okay, these are the storyboards for a movie And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, get that the movie that uh, his friend wrote in uh, ChatGPT oh, oh, what? He, wrote the, he asked ChatGPT to write the script for the movie about these images created with Midjourney Journey. And then he was like, but the writing was okay. And at that point, most people are like, oh, the writing's okay. Look, see, see, told you the writing's not that good on Jack GPT. That's what all the copywriters in the industry are saying right now. Like, it's not better than us. We're fine. But he's like, yeah, of course it's not. Because it's, it's not the senior writer in the room. I'm the senior writer in the room. So thank you for script draft one. Here's some feedback. Give me a second draft. Right? Don't like that character. Can we do something about her? do something about this, don't like the second chapter, feed that back in, suddenly you're getting to like a pretty decent draft of a movie of which the storyboard's already been drafted with AI. I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. So I'm into that sort of like all of those little details give me faith that the sort of creative process can be upgraded, not
0: just uh, diminished by new technologies. And accelerated, right? You break the back of it so that draft number one which can so often be the, the hardest one yeah, gets done in an, in an instant and then of course yeah. the experts, the, the humans get involved and, and you're probably at a pretty decent end result far quicker than yeah. you typically yeah. would have been. And also I was just you know I've got, I'm cynical about a lot of those things just out of sort of like
2: concern of course but then you know when I sort of see sort of new worlds, worlds with characters that I could only dream would be the superheroes in, 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 in current modern culture Um, you know expanding the world of Black Panther out into a whole another genre of you know
0: I'm like well that's cool (laughs) that's cool you know so it depends how you I wonder how long it is before we are pie are recruiting for a head of prompt whispering (laughs) not that far off probably I, 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 I sort of it's almost like I wanna have the job spec and then also get the job. Yeah.
1: Right that job
0: spec. I mean it's probably that's a training, crazy, isn't it? You know, it's a good, yeah. It's probably a training offering there as well, isn't there? Come and come come probably and let's great. teach you. But it's mad though, like does designers having to become writers
2: to be better designers is, is a mad concept.
1: We'd like to take a quick moment to thank one of our sponsors. Massive Music is a global music agency and partner for some of the world's leading brands and agencies. With 10 offices worldwide and over two decades of expertise, they deliver everything you need in the field of music, voice and sound, from sonic branding and activations to music for commercials and licensing. Just to name a few, Massive Music works with clients such as Heineken, Nike, The North Face, Phillips and Colgate. They also provided the music for this very podcast. On top of being a lovely bunch, they're an official sound partner for brands on TikTok. And since 2021, they're part of Song Trader, the world's largest B2B music company. Their ultimate goal is to combine musical craft with strategy to elevate your project or campaign through the power of music in sound, which, if you ask us, is oh so needed in the advertising world of today. If you're interested, send an email to lovehatecreate at massivemusic.com so they know you came through us. Needless to say, they're all ears.
0: Talking of new modes of of thinking and and, and new ways of working, what's the the change that you would create in order for us as a a sector to have a prosperous future?
2: Um, I mean, I think we sort of talked about it, but uh, just sort of, I think that the the first and most important thing is sort of accelerating the change that already exists, like this obsession with newness, which I think is, is kind of sort of somewhere between exciting and novel trash, you know, like the obsession with newness, uh, at, at, with the same passion and uh, investment as the investment in uh, new people, uh, new types of people, diversity. I think if we can balance out uh the understanding of where um words like transformation and change and innovation where that where the sources of those things will come from um you know i, I wouldn't like to guess how much money has been spent on sort of pretending to do the metaverse for the last year um but i'd imagine it's probably close to the trillions yeah. <laughs> um a, a, certainly a decent chunk of budgets in our industry um which you know it's going to happen it's just like new words result in new excitement um and and i'm and i'm appreciative of the effort like i said of, of around diversity and inclusion but just the balance is off off massively you know because it's a belief that the one is going to create significant value and the other one's going to create sort of more like a the best thing to do for society type of value and i think that's way off i think that if we can balance out change across t- diverse talent and new technology with a sort of healthy view on, um, you know, the human that the, the connects those two things, I think we'll be off to a really more exciting future.
1: Do you think it's way out of whack? You think that the investment? I
2: think so yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think I think that on two levels. I think that um, you've got to remember. Again, I'm very optimistic and and sort of positive about the progress we're making with. Uh, diversity and, and, and inclusion with the industry um, from what I've seen and things I've been involved in.
1: And Alex, can I just quickly clarify um, on that point? Sorry, I don't want to you to lose your train of thought. But when when you say that, do you mean in terms of talent coming in as well as the representation of people within communications? But, yeah, I think both, okay.
2: both in different ways. Like, again, I could be, you know, like anyone, I could be like deeply cynical about all yeah. these things as equal as I want to be positive. But I'm just... I I just generally feel, without sort of sort of rosy tinting it, that we are making progress in in, in in every respect. Um and it's possible to have that conversation and it's not yet become embarrassing to reference it. I think that, you know, that would be my benchmark, like, oh God, are you still talking about that? Could very much be the reality after two, three years. Right? Like, oh God, he's still banging on about that. It's a bit like talking about esport in 2023. <laughs> you know, we're not allowed to talk about esport. We have to talk about metaverse and NFTs and stuff like that. But esports, out, you know? Um, so I think that it could very much become such a hype that you forget that it's a human hype. It's, and I think that hasn't happened. I, I, I'd like to believe that we're still moving towards both across um, race uh, and, uh, and gender um, the right direction broadly. Um, but. I still feel that the larger majority of people see that as a societal um, commitment, as part of a broader societal movement around um, inclusion, um, more so than they see it as a transformational force to get to to drive their business. Um, and 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 I, I've I, I, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Charlotte. Okay. And I think that on the other side, they probably think that selling a few metaverse ideas is a sure way to secure the future of their business, which may be the case or just...
0: Yeah, be- but there's a rebalancing that needs to happen, is what you're saying. What specifically do you think that the agencies and the brand, the companies out there, could be doing more of in order to to make that difference that, that you think is still needed? How do we get better representation? Um, so I think that... Um...
2: One of the things that, one of the difficult uh, things that I'm sort of reck- 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 reckoning with is you need to, um, and this is hard because we're in a sort of, well, we're either in, in or about to be in or just being in a recession, um, is that you need to be quite, uh, have a higher profit to be innovative. As a business right so when we think about innovation again we think about tech companies got these, we can't even imagine that amount of profit they make it's just so much that they sort of talk about having bank accounts for the next million years but of cash you know <laughs> it's just endless profit um, uh, in a way that we can never even imagine in the creative industries. like you know profit's almost like a sort of dirty word um and and the reason i mention that is because i think that that's a big thing you know that we talk we we chastise ourselves for not innovating enough um uh, and investing for example in, in my world of strategy you know there's a lot of conversation about agencies don't put enough to, uh, investment into research and so in the last few years we've putting and putting a lot of effort into our own research to sort of not to respond to the industry but just to make sure that we've got a, like a beating heart you know when it comes to cultural change and, and real real sort of um, what's coming next in society etc um but you need profit for that Um, you need to have a healthy business which isn't about to sort of go bankrupt every 15 minutes um of which many many are such low margins and so i think that the reason i mention that is because it connects through to like how much risk you're prepared to take uh and um and so sort of people are risk you know like um if i swap a a sort of guaranteed um middle-aged white man who i you know everything like i said earlier everything that his references and my references—I could pretty much guarantee—we'll get to wind it's quick. You know, there won't be any mucking about. Um, I won't have to sort of be like nice to him or sort of like uh, tiptoe around his sort of cultural nuances, which would slow things down and sort of like we're losing money. You know, you know that's an agency reality. If you look at it through the lens of like you know, just like we can't afford to do green energy these days because we because because we just got to get on with just like paying our gas bills. Um, and I think' if the and I think we just gotta flip that mindset. it's like we can't afford not to um and uh, that all of those difficult things are part of a transformation um which will get to to greatness
1: incredible answer thank you um so which brings us almost to the end and, and let's fast forward then ten years, Alex, to when you're in the fifty over fifty list um what do you? think the industry will look like what what do
2: you what do you see ahead I always some I always wonder what the industry is (laughs) because we sort of touch a few different things you know we do do brand um, and we do sort of more upstream upstream consultancy work which is you know sort of still brand but it's more in the innovation space um and I and I only mention that because I think that um just to be like no bullshit. Uh, it's been a long time now that it's been difficult to make a good living out of comms. Fact. Uh, not necessarily for employees, but for businesses. It's harder and harder to make a good business purely out of traditional advertising. Um, and and so that sounds, that's a bit alarming, right? You know, but it's, a this has been known for many years and that's why we keep inventing sort of other <laughs> ways to, things to call it. Um, and so that can be sort of like seen as that's the industry and therefore, you know, the, the death of the industry is that sort of slow decline of like, if you can't make money out of it, then you have to find, I don't know, get a robot to do it, get AI to do it. You know, someone's got to make these pictures, someone's got to write these words, don't want to pay real people to do it, therefore the industry's dead. I don't sort of buy into that narrative because of the reasons I said before. I think that's just a sort of reductionist way of looking at it. Um, I rather think about the industry evolving into like um, expanding the role of creativity, yeah. you know, and, um, and so... Sure, if you sort of call the industry advertising um, and you're trying to still make, um, like you're just still trying to get back to like sending the client a, a drumming gorilla with all respect to that amazing <laughs> drumming gorilla campaign uh, from Calvary's, um then, then you might find yourself getting a bit stuck, you know. Um, but if you sort of just realize that you've got creative problem skills and skills ha- and they are sort of super valuable and, and if you just spend a little bit of time just looking behind the curtain at some of our parallel practices, like things like innovation, product development, and realize, oh, aside from some of the words and some of the sort of like techniques, I could do that. You know, that's, that's you know, what you mean that that's how you guys get to new products. That's, that's a creative process. Sure, it's not as whizzy necessarily, but you know, so I just think that it's just, in, it's in our interest to sort of reach our arms out and go like, I'll tell you what, it's the whole creative industries. It's not just advertising. And then I think
0: we're in great shape. I think it's even better. The optimism in you, ever present. Great. Um, Alex, that's been fantastic. So just to recap then, you love that feeling of uh, kind of landing on a winning idea, the the, the rush that you get from it and um, knowing you've got a winner. Um, you hate nostalgic dogma. And rightly so um and then you talked about change that you'd create being accelerating the kind of cultural innovation and the the representation and inclusion and diversity piece which i can absolutely get behind so thank you it's been great um having you on the show um and hopefully we uh meet again sometime soon tell us when you uh hire your first prompt whisperer <laughs> we'll do it'll be after I'm uh-huh, sleep. yeah good luck with that
1: get some sleep Thank you, Alec.
0: Brilliant. Cheers.